So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. You know, I'm in the, the, this is part two of a series called, Is the Juice Worth the Squeeze? And I truly believe that, you know, the integral part of deals, right? Underwriting, make sure you got a deal, understanding the process, because it's an absolute process on, you know, I think you got a deal to, Man, I, I'm pretty damn sure I got a deal to, man, I've got a deal, and then I'm going to write up an LOI, and then what happens next and next, and who do I got to call, and when do I got to shell out the money? All those things. We're going to answer all those questions coming up. So, you know, it's, this is going to be a really fun uh, episode of the two-part series, Is the Juice Worth the Squeeze? Before I get into that, I just want to go quick, quick little things. Um, number one, Make sure this is, we're going to, these first two weeks, I actually recorded these episodes back to back, so no one's left a message, okay? So, like, it's okay. Go to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast and ask your questions. Ask questions on that page, and we'll go back and, and go over them live on air, or I say live, but on this podcast, and, and just answer them. So if you have any questions on the multifamily space, game, raising private money, analyzing deals, submit it on the uh, Multifamily Legacy Podcast on Facebook, and we will get to you. Also, our boardroom is now open. Guys, this is going to be the last boardroom that I do uh, in 2019, and we're not going to do another event until the end of 2020 so october 2020 so if you are thinking about or or want to know more about the the boardroom i simply ask that you get on the webinar we're gonna do a webinar go to kahuna hq so kahuna hq.com to register for that webinar we're going to talk about the boardroom what it is uh, what you should expect and and if it's for you Um, you can actually shortcut the process and just go ahead and apply if you go to kahunaboardroom.com. But honestly, I would recommend that you go to the webinar. Uh, let me give you some teaching and just kind of talk about what we do. I'm probably gonna bring in a guest um, that's been to the boardroom and, and let them tell you what they think. Um, so you can really see if it's right for you. So th- there's that. And then, um, and then the last thing is just, I really wanna grow this podcast, guys. And the only way I know that it happens is from you, the listeners. You've got to go out there and share it with the world, with your friends, with your people that you know, people that are in the multifamily space. You are you are doing this, you're doing it now, um, and I'm greatly appreciative. So uh, I'm just gonna keep encouraging you to share this podcast if you find it helpful, because I think there's a lot of people out there that need true guidance 
true guidance, not just fluff, not a bunch of makeup stuff, but like how crap really works. And that's what I try to go. And the reason I can do this, honestly, is I'm a real investor, okay? I buy stuff. I'm not part of an ownership group. People are part of my ownership group, right? But I'm the guy driving the bus. And so if you're going to listen to a podcast, listen to listen and learn from a guy that's actually driving the bus, right? I mean, it, it seems like common sense, but sometimes that stuff goes out the door. I, I, I don't know why. And honestly, I'm the anti-guru. I'm just not, I don't give a two rats crap about the info business of, it's not where I make my money. I make my money doing deals. I've, I've seen this time and time again. I love what I do. I love teaching it this way because honestly, no one has their thumb on me and they never will. And that's my life and that's my legacy that I want to leave to my kids and my family because the reason I got into this game is because, man, you know, we all read Robert uh, Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Robert never talked about flipping properties or making quick money. He always talked about the long game, you know, that cash flow life. And, uh, you know, that sunsets and palm trees on your terms kind of stuff. And quite frankly, most of us ain't getting it. No one's getting that cash flow. And you should be because I'm telling you, if you're watching on YouTube right now, rent's due, baby. Right? I got my rent's due hat on. I got my cash flow creator swag. What's up? Hey, by the way, if you want some cash flow creator swag, um, if you will PM me this week, for this episode that you, and say you listen to this episode, you'll PM me, PM me your address, I'll send you, and your size, I'll send you swag. It's, I'm only going to do it for this one week. I'll send you some swag, some sick swag, okay? So I'm just trying to encourage you guys to be part of the team here. Okay, um, that's a long intro. That's like five minutes for crap. Uh, so let's get to the stuff, man. <laughs> I got like a list. I got to look. I'm getting old, man. I got to write things down. <laughs> so I've done with my list. Now I can actually do the stuff that I want to do, which is just teach. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and if you're, if you, this is another episode where you're probably listening to it um, from a podcast, but I'm going to highly recommend that you go to my YouTube channel. Corey Peterson uh, is my YouTube. You can find my YouTube channel and watch this episode on YouTube. And the reason for it is because I'm going to use an infographic that will help drive home the points I'm going to make that I think you'll find really um, encouraging and it'll help cement what we're talking about. So I'm going to go through the process of like, how do you get a deal and, you know, what happens, in, you know, from the process of, man, um, I think I got to deal with pencils. And so last week, if you missed it, you got to go back to last episode. So if you, this is your first episode, you got to go back and listen to the net last week's episode on, you know, is the juice worth a squeeze? Because we went through the whole process of, um, you know, from a deal to contract. I'm going to do the same thing again, but now I'm going to do it in a different way of saying, here's the stuff you got to do. Because, we, you know, you understood the concept last week. Now I'm going to say, here's who you're going to have to call what you're going to have to do, how you're going to have to get involved to move the needle. Because there is lots of things that go on between initial, uh, hey, I think I got a deal, to the closing table. So buckle up, buttercup, because we're fixing, Kansas is going to go bye-bye. All right, so 
we have a deal that pencils. Now we have to say, you know, is it it's going to merit a site visit? Okay. We talked last week about what happens at the site visit, so I'm not going to revisit that. But I want to talk about what you're going to have to do. So if you're looking at my um, YouTube, you see a little red dot. A little red dot means we're going to spend money. Okay. And what we're going to spend money on is when you're going to do a site visit, it's the flights, the hotel, and your time. And so now it all depends what you value your time because you can make this really expensive. But at the very least, it's going to cost you about $1,500. I mean, that's with a flight, you know, meals, um, you know, and, and your time. And that, that, you know, it could be a little cheaper, right? It could be a little cheaper. But that's, that's typically what it costs. Or if you send somebody, because a lot of times as you start getting, see, in the beginning, you're going to do all this stuff yourself, okay? You just have to. It's what it is. But, you know, when you get seasoned a little bit, like I am, I mean, I'm not going to go do a site visit. I'm going to send somebody. I only like to go to the property, honestly, when we're doing due diligence. And I only like to be there for like five hours because I am I get lazy. I mean, I get I get lazy really quick. I hate, <laughs> I hate being away from my family. <laughs> I really do. And so my job truly is to understand the asset after being there for about four or five hours and understanding, and I know the numbers, and then I see the, the site and, and, you know, we've already gotten full reports um, from other people when I'm doing the due diligence phase. That's all I need. That's all I need. But for you guys, when you're new and just like when I was new, I went to the site visit. Now, why is it important to do a site visit before you put an LOI? Because it's going to make your offer mean something. Okay, we've talked about that last episode, and that's important. Your your offer has to mean something, because if it doesn't, then you're just blowing in the wind. So flights, hotel, your time, at least $1,500, okay? Now, so in other words, if you get to the site visit and you kill your deal, you are now gone $1,500, okay? So kiss that money goodbye. So this is the real, like, I'm just going to give it to you real. You have to be willing to do this six, seven, eight times, six, seven, eight times, guys, to actually win a deal. That means, well, so what is it? What am I saying? That's mean you got you to gotta be willing to lose $1,500 five, six times in a row. Yeah, I know. It's expensive, okay? It really is expensive. So if you don't have it, find a partner, okay? So you can get really good at finding and doing the analysis of the deals. But if you don't have any more means to get any farther than that, then you've got to find a partner that can. And guys, there's lots of people out there that can and will. And so some people are just super busy and they need someone to grind out the numbers to do the, you know, the calculator part and to be consistent. Okay. So there's a lot of people that are not willing to do that. So you can do that and help bring a deal and someone else would be willing to fly out there as part of what they do. Okay. So there's ways to get through this and where it's not going to cost you a lot of money, but you got to, you know, someone's going to have to front this money for sure, for sure. Okay. It's, the one thing about commercial is going to separate the girls from the boys. That's probably the wrong way. Listen, forget I just said that because, listen, we know girls are awesome. And so we'll call it the men from the boys or the ladies from the little girls, right, to be politically correct. Because we're playing a bigger game here. And it's not, you know, you got to be able to spend some money to do these, to do 
the apartment game right. And if, if you're not there, that's okay. You just have to find a team member that is. Okay, I don't mean to like try to like keep banging on this thing, but the truth is, when I hear, oh, Curry ain't getting no money. Curry ain't getting it. Listen, that's crap. I get so tired of like hearing all those whiny baby stories because guess what? I didn't have any money either when I got started, but I sure was resourceful and figured it out. And so that's what you got to do. When you got nothing but sweat equity, you got to be willing to sacrifice, my friend. And that's just the name of the game and find people that are going to get in your life and, you know, suck it up, buttercup. I know, I know, I know I'm getting on those raves, right? I get, I get this way sometimes, <laughs> but truly, cause you, I mean, I honestly, I believe there's no limits to this game. I believe no matter what you have, someone else has the other piece that you need. And if you're just resourceful, you can get it. All right. Off the rant next piece, right? So we, we, we go through the site visit. Everything checks out. Now we're going to write an, a letter of intent, an LOI. So at this point in time, you're going to, you're not really, I don't think you, I say this, I've got it written down on the still that you engage a contract lawyer, but really it's kind of towards the end of the LOI, right? It's, it's really towards, because normally, like for me, I already have a template boilerplate LOI, so I'm not going to engage a an attorney at this point but a lot of people don't okay if you're really new you're like oh i don't even have an loi if you go to my uh, apartments to million buy my apartments to millions course we provide you with ours okay apartments to millions.com all right so there's shameless plugs shameless plugs and so you may have to engage a, a lawyer to do your your what's called contracts um and your um all your legal stuff for like title work and things like that. And honestly, you're redlining with the, uh, the other lawyer, the other attorney on the other side, because you, you know, we have our attorneys and the sellers always have their attorneys. And so, you know, we have to make them go butt heads, get things done. So normally, but normally with the LOI, we're really going to do this more towards the purchase and sales contract. But I believe that you should have certain agreeable prices of what things should cost when it comes to hiring lawyers. So if you're going to hire a lawyer at this point, I believe that there should be phases. And I, I specifically think there's three phases that a, a contract goes through, which is normally purchase and sales contract, then like kind of your, um, you know, perfecting the title, doing the title search, like that kind of stuff, and then actually doing the close. And so we try to get our, con our our lawyer to be about $2,500 per step, per phase, we'll call it, per phase. We think there's three phases. So we're trying to spend about $7,500 um, every time we close a deal on legal, all right, for our legal to do redlining, to do purchase and sales agreements, to negotiate on our behalf, to go through the title uh, process with the title companies, you know, to look at the, you know, understand the surveys and really to kind of be our liaison through the whole process, okay? And, you know, they're also giving us our timeline, um, con you know, our, our we call critical dates, right? They're going to provide us with critical dates as we go along. So here's almost a place where you're going to spend some more money. Now, 
I think it happens not at the LOI. I put it here because I think for newer people, you might be hiring an attorney at this point in time to do your contracts. But truly, you should just submit an LOI, right? It should be a boilerplate LOI. There's lots of them out there. Submit it and and negotiate with the uh, other side to get where you actually win a, uh, a deal. Now, once you have an LOI accepted, right? Let's say they say yes at the LOI, right? So at the end, like when they say yes to an LOI and they've agreed to it, now you're absolutely going to engage your lender, okay? Because they've got to now uh, write the purchase and sales contract um, because that's what they're going to do. So it's really towards, you know, once you, once you get a signed LOI, now you're going to engage your lawyer. You're also going to be alerting um, your management company when you get a when you get a signed LOI. That's the here's what you're going to do. You're going to do these three things. A, you're calling your lender. You're calling whoever does your loans and saying, "Hey, Matt, I got a signed LOI. I think we got one. I think we're going to catch a fish, right? And here's the size of the fish. Here's the deal. Here's how we've underwritten it. Here's the. You're usually going to send your um, lender what's called called the OM the offering memorandum and say, here's the deal. That's what he's going to really need in the beginning. And then he'll also want the current rent roll, right? Or lease up. So you're going to send him the OM and a current rent roll if you can. You may not have the rent roll yet because you're still under an LOI. You're not under a purchase and sales agreement. You're going to, uh, of course, alert your, your lawyer, your lawyers. You're going to engage a lawyer to write your PSA. Once you have a signed contract, normally... We give um, from LOI to purchase and sales contract, okay? That usually takes two to three weeks to actually go the way the whole process. But once we have a signed LOI, we, in our um, LOI, I think we have like seven business days to deliver our first version of our purchase and sales contract. And typically, so from that point, it takes a week just to get it delivered to the seller's attorney because our attorney has to draft it up. And dude, you got to remember you're working with lawyers. So there's nothing that happens quickly. It's just the way it is. So they get, you know, finally to the point, yeah, we got it. We're ready. They send it to us for review. We say yes. Then we send it to um, seller's legal counsel. And now becomes the whole process of marking crap up. Okay, but you're also going to alert your management company and say, hey, listen, I think we got another deal online. They, they need to know your deal. And what you're going to send your management company is your um, cash flow calculator. You're going to send them your, your numbers, your, your, your underwriting. They need to understand what you've, um, how you've underwritten the deal. And the, honestly, they should, they should be kissing your deal for you. They should be looking at your numbers and saying, okay, I understand this, this business plan, because it's really the business plan. And you got to make sure that your management company is totally on board with your your business plan and your vision for that property as it is. In fact, I believe that your management company, if they will come to the site visit initially, that'd be great. A lot of them probably won't, but that's okay. That's okay. You, you're going to do your due diligence enough to where you understand that site visit. You get your signed uh, LOI. Okay, because now you've got, it's like saying I've got one on the, the hook, okay? So it normally takes about, it's like a two to three week process to get, you know, your attorneys to, to like, I mean, honestly, it's so funny, but all they do is like mark stuff out, right? 
I don't believe in this line. I want to insert this line. I think this thing needs to be right here. And so they keep sending all these damn revisions, and I just watch them come through my email. And I'm just like, uh, okay, all right. And then what I always like from what we require from our attorney is give us bullet points. Don't send me a contract with red lines and not have here's what it's saying, <laughs> right? Because we can't understand legal jargon. So, like, they got to deliver the baby, like, in a way that we can understand it. Like, it's six pounds, seven ounces, and, you know, here's how tall it is, right? Like, here's your contract. Here's what they're negotiating, wanting to take out. And, and then we want their opinion as well. I believe that we should not do this, or I think this is probably okay. I think we should. it should be more like this. This is what I typically see. So, we're, we're kind of leaning on them to not just only... Um, say what's going on, we want them to have their opinions to protect us, um, the buyer, as best as possible. So, again, these lawyers um, hash it out. They go back and forth, back and forth. And finally, we get to a point where everybody, well, hold on. Here's what normally has to happen, right? We call it, I call it intervention. Because <laughs> there's always a point in time where the sellers or the attorneys are at an impasse. Like, they... They neither one wants to give in, <laughs> and so that then it's like, all right, broker, like the deal's gonna fall apart. Let's get the buyer and the seller on the line. In other words, the the real entities, the guy, me and another guy, <laughs> and I, it's always almost the same conversation. I'm like, do you want to sell your property? So yeah, I want to sell, but I really want to buy it. <laughs> so can we like figure out how to get through these couple of things? I don't think they're big items, but tell me what you're thinking. And and normally. By us getting on the line, the you know seller and the buyer, we come to pretty easy agreements, and we make some concessions, and then we move forward. And now we'll then the attorneys make sure that you know what we said is drafted legally, and then we have a purchase and sell agreement that is executable. So then we sign, they sign, everybody signs, and now we have a deal, right? And now. At this point in time, though, once they sign, here's what's going to happen. So now we've got work to do. And this is another big place where money is going to be needed. Okay. And the money that we're going to need is simply, first of all, your your earnest deposit. That's the big one. Okay. It's normally, it depends on the size of the deal. Is it a $3 million deal, you know, $100,000, uh, $10 million deal? Uh, it could be a couple hundred thousand dollars. Typically, what we do is we'll put two hundred thousand dollars initially, and then we'll try to make either to two fifty or three for best and final, so we can win the deal. Um, but earnest money is just that; it's earnest money. It's not hard at this point. In other words, you're not going to lose the money if you don't close at this point. So that's really important to know. So, but here, but once you have a purchase and sales contract. You are now on the line. The, the clock is ticking. And dude, this at this point, once you get a signed contract, it's kind of like for a moment there, you almost have a deer in the headlights feeling like, oh, crap. <laughs> what do I do now? Because like it's clicking, man. It's, it's ticking and you got to get stuff done. Okay. So here's what I believe you've got to, once you have a purchase and sales contract, and honestly, let me back up for just one second. When I have an LOI, an accepted LOI, and I believe that my LOI is like we're going to 
go to a purchase, that two to three week process, I'm already building what I call my marketing packet. My marketing or my pitch deck is what a lot of people call it, pitch deck. I call it marketing packet of my deal. I want to start having because the reason for that is because once you have your purchase and sales contract, you're now going to deposit earnest money. I'm going to call my attorney, Mauricio Raul. Raul. I wish I could say his last name better, but I can't. But I just call him Mauricio. I'm going to call Mauricio and I'm going to say, bro, I've got a deal and um, I'm letting you know I got a deal and we're gonna, we want to get that PPM started. He's like, great. Um, he's going to say, send me the marketing. Send me your business plan. Send me your pitch deck. And so I know that I, I want to, as soon as like I have an executable sales contract, I want to give him pretty close to what I think is my pitch deck or my, my marketing packet is what Corey calls it. So we're going we're gonna to already start building that when we have our uh, LOI. And the, you know, for us, we have a template process that we use, so it's not that hard to build. Um, and if you don't, you should have one. And if, if you don't really have one, you should go to my apartment's the millions course and buy it. And so you can get one. Okay. Again, there's another shameless plug. I'm just trying to help you guys. Okay. If you don't have this stuff, you got to create it. And if you don't create it and you're not good at creating stuff, then copy someone else's, right? Okay. There's a thing called Fiverr. They can do stuff all day long for cheap. So now your PPM lawyer will normally also create your LLCs because I'm going to start getting my LLCs created at this moment in time once I have a real deal. I want to start because I want to have my bank accounts opened. Um, I want to be able to, once I get my my PPM done, because the PPM is going to take about two to three weeks to complete normally, normally. It's going to take two to three weeks for your attorney to get all the stuff done and for you to have everything you know nice and neat to get an approval to have a, a true document that, and, and by the way, you're gonna to spend some money. Well, how much money are you gonna spend for a PPM? The average I think is around $15,000, okay? So you can expect to spend about $15,000 on a PPM. A lot of attorneys will make you pay half up front and then half when you close. Some people just want it all up front and then they have a, a breakup clause that if you don't do your deal, they'll credit you on your next deal. Okay, that's, that's typically, I see a lot of that happen a lot, okay? And typically, they're gonna, they're, the, your, uh, PPM, your attorneys will help create the LLCs needed to uh, for the, the new purchase. So they're going to do that. Um, I'm also at this point, I'm, I'm calling my lender and saying, hey, man, we got a deal, okay? So I'm going to start really saying we need to be putting together to get a loan package from a lender, and getting the, you know, getting them to submit some type of, uh, you know, what they're willing to do. And so we're going to start asking for that. And so, and what your lender, might, he's probably going to need some more financials. And so we typically will put our, our lender in, in touch with our management company and the seller, uh, the broker, the broker of the property, because we want to make sure that he gets everything, all the information that he needs to get our loan going. Okay. So we're, we're now like, we're starting to quarterback here. We're quarterbacking a lot. We're getting everybody involved that needs to be in the deal. So I'm also going to be uh, calling my insurance guy and say, hey, listen, I need to get some real formal quotes now on our insurance. I've, I normally won't get the insurance person involved until I have a, a purchase and sales contract. I will usually I'll ask him about uh, tentatively when I'm in my LOI, uh, really at the site when I, ha when I have a deal, I'm going to ask him for a, 
what do you think the price per door is for um, this city and this zip code, right? So I can make sure my, my cash flow calculator is correct. But I'm not going to get involved any more than that until I get to my purchase and sales contract. Then I'm going to say, listen, I need a firm, firm up quotes. I need real quotes that we can use for closing. And so they're going to go start going to work. Um, and then once I get my LLCs created, this kind of happens within a couple week process, right? We're going to open up bank accounts. Now, um, for me, that's what we know. When I, we open up bank accounts, we open up five bank accounts. So what are, why five and what are they used for? The first one is for an operation account. That's where we are, general operations. The second one is for an owner distribution account. We want to have a separate account for owner distributions, for our investor distributions. Why? Because anytime monthly, we want to take money out of operations and we want to move it into whatever the minimum requirement is to set aside for my investors. We want to sweep that from the account every month so no one thinks that they can go spend it. Because what's not in the operations account doesn't get spent. It's very important to make sure that we, we understand that. So we keep that money sold and separate, and we like to, to get it out. Um, then we have your uh, earnest monies, or not your uh, your, de your deposits for, um, earn yeah, earnest deposit or deposits for the property. Then we have our self-escrow items, a self-escrow account. So anytime we have to do our own escrow for insurance or for taxes or for anything that we have to escrow money for, Internally, we'll make sure we have that account set up. And then the last one is for CapEx, all right? So for any expenditures that we've set aside and budgeted for, hey, this money is set aside to fix stuff at the property. We wanna keep that out of the operation budget as well. <clears throat> and so when we have a bill that's for a CapEx project, that, you know, and we're gonna present it, we'll just take exactly the amount of money out of our CapEx, put it in the operations and pay from operations. That's how we do it every time. Hopefully that's really helpful for you guys because I think that I see a lot of people get in the weeds there on that, you know, typical process. And so, you know, why five bank accounts? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like if the, it's not in the, the main account, then it doesn't get spent. And that's, that's a good rule to live by. After that, so now we have our purchase and sales agree, a contract. We've already, we're, now we're spending money. Now we're going to go into due diligence Okay, and typically due diligence starts usually about a week to two weeks after the purchase and sales agreement is signed, usually about a week, week and a half. We want to get there as soon as possible, as long as we have um, enough time to like set, get subs and stuff over to the property. And so it's usually a week and a half, maybe two weeks at the latest to do the on-site due diligence. And in that, we're going to do a you know financial audit physical audit of the property. We're also now going to probably spend more money at this point in time. So because to do the due diligence, it's typically between $10,000 to $15,000 to do a true like deep dive due diligence. I've seen it done for a little cheaper, but sometimes if you do it cheap, you get you know you get screwed. And you owe it to your investors to make sure that you know all the numbers you get, you just got to know all the numbers on these deals. It, I mean, it, you'll you'll thank yourself once you do it right. Then here's the next thing: is your loan application. So once you've gotten the right loan product out there, and you've agreed that here's the right takeout, and you've worked with your lender on all the different options, 
you're now going to have to apply for your loan. Well, that could typically between be between twenty thousand dollars if it's you know a Freddie Fannie product, up to if it's a CMBS loan or like a bridge to perm, it could be like sixty five thousand dollars up front. Um, so that's a big chunk of money. Well, man, where does that money come from? Well, it could come from your investors. You could absolutely create a, a, a private placement agreement that you could have people that would help fund stuff before you close and maybe give them a little extra uh, percentage, right? You can give them a little bit more because there's there's more risk in it. So you could create something in your PPM that could do that. Um, or you got to come out of pocket or you got to find a partner that can is willing to come back and, and go out of pocket. Now, just so you know, we're talking about spending money here. On all my deals, I'm going to request and get all this money back that I've spent. Just so you guys understand that. I will always try, and in my PPM, in my disclosures, I'll be saying, hey, listen, we're spending all this money for this, and, and I'm going to get it. I may upfront it, but I'm going to get that money back. And I'm also going to get all my earnest money back. Why? Because um, there's a thing called liquidity that the banks want from you, and they want to see that you're liquid. And so if you keep putting $300,000 down on every deal, eventually you're going to be illiquid. In other words, you're not going to have any more cash, and the banks want you to have cash in the bank. So that ain't going to work if, you, if, you, if you're negative, okay? Um, if you've put money in, in each and every deal, okay? So that's the loan application. So then you're also, you may have to come out of pocket and um, for a survey, if you need a survey, someone's going to have to pay for it. Um, you could have to do environmentals and that's going to have to cost money. Now, sometimes like the survey and the environmentals can be in, be included in some of the uh, monies for your loan stuff, right? When you put that $25,000 for your loan application, they can offset that in, in that process, but not always. So it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis. So now we're done with due diligence and you're going to say, yep, okay, here's what's going to happen next. Typically, when we do our due diligence to the end of due diligence, okay, I call this the hard money line. And it's red. If you're watching from YouTube, it's red for a reason. Because this is the point of no return, baby. Right? This is when. And so normally in our purchase and sales contracts, the way I write them is we're going to have 30 business days to go and um, do our due diligence. So that's 45 calendar days. Like that's a month and a half to do our due diligence. At that point in time, you're now going to be hard. Okay. This is the point in time where you've got to know that you've got you've done everything and you're, you should be raising because as soon as you have a purchase and sales contract and you get your PPM done and you've got bank accounts open, you're going to start raising money and getting money in your bank account. Yeah, I mean, you because until it's in your bank account or an attorney's bank account or somebody's place of somebody's account that you control, you ain't got anything. So. You want, now we just simply, we put it in our bank account, in our operational account when we're raising capital. Some people send it to an attorney. Um, we just, we, we track it into our own account. And we're going to start it from the moment we get our, our PPM done. We're going to start collecting monies. And we're going to do that all the way. And so we're looking to be, when we're hard, I want to try to typically have half the money that I'm, that I'm raising. I want it in the bank. That's, that's me. If I and if I don't feel like I'm going to get it, if I don't have a pretty good idea where this money's coming from, 
Um, I better start finding some partners. I better have some really good conversations about how I'm going to give up ownership to make it work. Or I better damn well know that I'm going to make it work. Because now, once you go past that hard money, you are now hard with your money. And um, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. And you don't want to lose money. So we get past the hard money line and we're going through the deal. Now, typically after our hard money, like our due diligence is over, then you typically will have another 30 business days to close, which is another 45 days. And so that's really, so that's 90 days from start to finish, three months to close uh, an apartment deal. That's a decent amount of time, right? Now, You've got to do things quick, though. You can't screw it up. You can't drag your feet. That's why you've got to alert everybody, get people going. You are truly the delegator at this point in time. And by the way, you should be working hand in hand now when you're in that due diligence phase. Honestly, that's usually done by your management company because they've got to build the leases. They've got to build their uh, packet to actually take over. They're also, most of your times, your management companies are going to help you uh, simulate all the utilities, um, get thing, and making sure you have, um, well, your our attorneys, like usually Mauricia, will help make sure that we have all the rights to do business in that state, right? We wanna make sure that we have DBAs and everything set up um, because usually our property that we own is not the same name as our LLCs, so we gotta make sure we have DBAs set up. I mean, we just got to make sure we have all the legal things that we can, so we can do business in that state. And typically your PPM lawyer will help you get all that done. And then we, for us, our management company helps us with it as well. There's an incorporation checklist and, and it's a very detailed checklist of getting all the things. And honestly, most management companies are going to have this process for you. They're used to taking over properties. It's a very intense uh, process. And it's one that you typically don't want to do all by yourself. So that 30 business days is another 45 calendar days. And then, you know, your job at this point is just keep raising money, raise money, raise money, get money in the deal, um, get money in the deal until you get to a point where you're ready to close. Uh, by the way, sorry, when you get to that hard money line, just so you know, all your money is at risk. Every it, All the money you've spent up to this time is, you know, you're not going to get anything back unless you close and you raise all your money. So, you know, I know that's a, that could be a, a real fear for and something that a lot of people can't get past. So that's why you've got to start building and raising capital, getting lots of people to raise their hands up now so you can make sure you can close these deals. And now, so then you come to the closing part. Now, I always make sure I have a parachute. Every every deal I ever do, you you should always build in a parachute. And my parachute is in my purchase and sales contracts, I always, always, always make sure that I give uh, a clause that states that if if whenever I want to, if I pay, you know, I try to do it for $25,000, $25,000, I can pay for a 30-day extension and the seller has no, like, rights to say no. And so I always give myself my golden parachute. Um, it's, it's something that I'm not, it's a non-negotiable for me. So if someone ever wants to take it away, then I walk, I walk the deal because there's so many things that can go wrong in a deal that's beyond my control. And that 30 days is kind of, it's just a parachute just to make sure no matter what I can get across the finish line, close my deal and, and be profitable. Okay. 
make sure you build in your parachute. It will save you time, hassle. It will make you happy man, happy woman, because there's there's not, nothing better when you're doing deals and you're doing it right you, that you can sleep like a baby. Guys, that is it for the purchase timeline process. That does get us to close. Now you're back in operations, right? As long as you fully funded the deal, you have all your CapEx, you've got the money in the right spots, you got your five bank accounts, you are ready to rock and roll and start bringing your property to profitability, making you know great amounts of money, raising the rents, doing all the little things right. Guys, it becomes such a, it's a journey, it's a process, it's so fun. When you watch this going on, because listen, people are conditioned to pay rent. They pay rent every month, and you should be getting your cash flow, guys. Create that cash flow life. Listen, hopefully this has been really helpful for you. If you really enjoyed these last two episodes, go share it with the world. Let everybody know how good this is. Post it on Facebook. Give me some love. Um, but m- most importantly, stay tuned. Keep listening. I mean, I try to. I really try to give you the nuts and bolts of how this business is done. Um, And from the bottom of my heart, I love this game. I love the real estate game. I love everything about it. And it's a journey. And the journey is the reward. I mean, listen, if a guy from West Plains, Missouri, that grew up poor uh, in the country can and speaks out of one side of his mouth and, um, you know, deaf in my right ear. And I'm, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, right now I'm losing a little bit of weight, but, you know, I'm still fluffy. Okay. If I can do this business. And I've done it amazingly well. And I don't really have a lot of tools. I wasn't the smartest kid in class. Um, I was really good at copying. Probably one of my best best gifts ever. But if I can do it, guys, I'm telling you, you can too. Your paradise is possible. If you believe it, you can achieve it, my friends. It's that simple. The power of your mind is everything. It's what can drive you. Can what it can make you it can make you move mountains, you know? And, you know, guys, it's a journey. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you, uh, you know, listening to me ramble on. I just want you to experience it. I want you to taste it. I want you to get yours. Make it right. Do the work. Have success. Have lots of fun. Guys, enjoy your day. Enjoy your time. Your paradise is possible. Rock out.